Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Best right for the win. I'm Ashley McClure with IVP Benefits Consulting Group. We want to help you or your company find the best health, dental, and vision insurance rates available without sacrificing any benefits. Call us at 620-904-7010 to find your winning rate. This episode is sponsored by Big Fish Bail Bonds. Big Fish Bail Bonds is your first choice in bondsmen. We are located three blocks away from the Sedgwick County Jail in Wichita, Kansas. We accept all major credit cards and we accept payment plans on big bonds with no collateral in some cases. Find us at bigfishbailbonds.us or give us a call at 316-262-4100. Big Fish Bail Bonds. Big or small, we release them all. Hello, everyone. Welcome to In the Free Zone. Uh, with me, as always, is Derek. Derek, how you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I had a uh, weird week last week. I uh, was not feeling at all well last week, which is why we didn't do a show last week. Um, I have uh, some problems with vertigo occasionally, and last week was definitely one of those weeks where, where I was having some problems with that. So how was your trip, Derek? It was good, man. Uh, flew to Denver, stayed the night there, got up pretty early, drove to Wichita. We uh, we went to this place called Norton's Brewing Company. It's like a beer joint, and they mm-hmm. sell food. Had some food there, met some people. I saw Dusty Grant oh, for yeah. like 30 seconds, and then he was at <laughs> another table. And then uh, we rented our gear. Like It's just cheaper than dragging all of our crap all over the place, so um our drummer brought his kit but other than that we rented gear uh-huh. and so we were at, we were at norton's and we got a call from the guy saying he was there so we had to leave real quick and then i got a message from dusty like 30 minutes later he's like you didn't even say bye i was like i am so sorry dude. i was like <laughs> i am I, it was you know I was, I was kind of flying around without my head on but uh it was a cool venue cool show sounded really good uh as far as like the i don't know if we sounded good but the the sound system was a really good sound system yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. Fun time. That's great. All right, let's do this real quick and then we'll uh, talk about what we've got to talk about. Yeah, I believe the uh, Fall 2 registration may still be open. Um, I I know last I knew they were forming up Fall 2 sessions. So if you're interested in that, get a hold of Coach Williams at 210-996-5015 and uh, check that out. That is awesome. Yeah, they're flying through that season, man. Yeah, absolutely. Here you go. Oh. There we go. How was the plane ride? Yeah. It was and, good. Yeah. And uh, there, Coach Williams tells us, yeah, starts this Sunday, fall too. So nice. He says winter league starts December 11th. Yeah, <laughs> I, we keep flipping it. We keep clicking it at the same time. Yeah. So there we go. So winter leagues will be forming soon. Yeah. All right. Great. Um, by the way, Coach Williams, uh, noticed you know coaches coaches kyle has had a a a game against a very good opponents uh friday they played groover and uh you know played him i think 28 14 was the final score i know that groover won i know that that's not the outcome that that you know coach and his team were looking for but let me tell you they were very competitive against a very good team 
and and I I don't think uh, don't think the Booker Kai was have anything to be ashamed of after that performance. So uh, yeah, this the season is still going on quite well down there in Booker. Um, all right, so a couple things we want to talk about a little bit tonight. Uh, number one, and, and it's been people have been talking about it everywhere, is roughing the passer in the NFL. Now, normally we don't talk about the NFL much. Okay. Now I'll admit, I don't watch a whole lot of NFL football. I watch, watch a little bit, but not a whole lot, but listen, one thing that I think people need to understand, they're complaining about some, some calls, you know, that were made. One particular one was made against Tom Brady. You know, when he was sacked, there was a, a very questionable roughing the passer call in that game. And, you know, most people just chalked that up to the NFL's trying to protect the old man, right? And then there was another very questionable one in the Chiefs game as well, where, uh, yeah, where the, the uh, Chiefs, actually stripped the ball the chiefs player ends up with the ball but ends up on top of the quarterback and gets called for uh for roughing the passer those are the two that have probably drawn the most criticism but i'm going to tell you that personally i think first of all we we all know that the nfl tries to protect their quarterbacks okay because those are those positions are the ones that when they get hurt have the biggest impact on teams. And so the NFL tries to protect their quarterbacks. And I personally think that in the aftermath of the injury to Tua Tonga-Vailoa, that there is a little more interest in protecting those quarterbacks. And I think that that's probably at the heart of why some of these uh, roughing the passer calls have been made. I think that the NFL is kind of trying to emphasize it. Now, at the same time, what that leads to is it leads to some really inconsistent uh, some really inconsistent calling probably on the rule, but yeah, they, uh, particularly lately they've been uh trying to crack down on landing on the quarterback or driving the quarterback into the ground um which you know often results in shoulder injuries as well as uh as, as well as uh, sometimes concussions um and speaking of those shoulder injuries KU in their big game with TCU this weekend their quarterback got knocked out of the game fairly early in the game and uh, there was a little bit of a controversy with him this week. Yeah. Let me show you this. Zach Boyer treat yesterday tweeted Kansas. This was yesterday morning, I think, that Boyer tweeted this. Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels is expected to miss the rest of the season with a grade three separation of his right shoulder per sources. It's a tough blow for Daniels, and then it goes on into the next tweet. But Jalen Daniels himself answers with, sheesh, that's news to me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this is one of the sources that, or one of the groups that Boyer works for a note about KU, KU football quarterback, Jalen Daniels, Zach Boyer, former employer of employee of KU sports. Who's done freelance work for us recently tweeted. Daniels is out for the year. That info wasn't submitted to us and didn't go through our reporting process. We haven't been able to confirm any details. So to be honest with you, you know, I think there's still some question in some people's minds, of just how badly hurt Jalen Daniels is. We wish yeah. Jalen Daniels the best and hope for hope for the quickest recovery possible for, for Jalen Daniels. He's a is a is a dynamic football player and is very important to that KU football team. Although the backup who was the starter last year came in and did a pretty good job against TCU. You know, that was a was a very competitive game. TCU won it by a touch by a touchdown so yeah you know it was a very competitive game it's not like uh not like kansas got blown out by tcu by any means yeah well i mean kansas you know they were it was unlikely they were just going to keep winning you know every single game you know i mean yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was surprising they were doing this well 
Absolutely. That's the thing. You know, Kansas is 5-0, and and considering that they didn't win a game last year, uh, you know, that in itself is amazing that they started off 5-0. and Now they're 5-1. and But you've got to consider who they've still got on their schedule. They've still got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Baylor. I mean, KU could lose every game that they've got left on the schedule. K-State. And to be honest with you, it would still be a pretty darn good year for them. Yeah. Uh, just because of their start. Now people, it might leave a bad taste in their fans mouths to lose out the rest of the season, but I'm going to tell you, even if they do lose out the rest of the season, five wins is a heck of a year for that team considering where they're coming from. So, uh, you know, I, it's great. Uh, If you look at how they've performed against common opponents, KU ought to continue to be at least competitive, you know, against some of these teams. But, uh, yeah, that's the thing, you know, just, you know, this is a team that has historically struggled. So while you want to have, you know, while you want to have high hopes, uh, I don't, I don't know that you want to set those expectations too high, you know, uh, yeah. And, and and hopefully they'll outperform your expectations, you know. But uh, but yeah, it's it's it, it, it's very realistic that they could lose every game from here on out. It's also very realistic that they could win several of those games yeah. too. I mean, there's a there's a several of those games could go either way, you know. As a matter of fact, potentially all of those games technically could go either way. So you know, yeah, it's uh, it, it's uh, it'll be interesting to watch them play out the rest of the season. Yeah, And by the way, while we're talking about the Big 12, the Big 12 it has shown surprising depth this year. Uh, as a matter of fact, most, uh, most college football analysts ha- have recognized that the Big 12 is the deepest conference in the nation this year. Now, they may not have that one standout team like an Ohio State or an Alabama or a Georgia, but as far as just depth of talent from top to bottom, the big 12 really does look like the deepest conference in the nation. Uh, there, there are good teams, you know, especially with the resurgence of, of KU there, there, and TCU who's bounced back and had a really good year. There are good teams from top to bottom in the, in the big 12, you know, um, West Virginia has looked really strong at times. And, and those are some that, you know, have not played great in the last year or two. And then you've got some of those that are always, you know, pretty good teams, you know, K state's looked really strong. Uh, I've heard several people make an argument that K state is the best team in the big 12. Well, you know, we'll see, that's going to be determined on the field in the, in the coming weeks, you know, and, and they've certainly looked really good at times, they certainly didn't look great against Tulane, though. So, yeah. you know, I, I think every every team has that potential. Every team has that potential to play up to their to their opponents or even beyond. And I guarantee you, you know, in in thirty some years of coaching, I've seen it a lot. Every team has the potential to play down to to a level that you don't expect them to fall yeah. to. And, and you know, it just that's one of those things that just happens, you know, and the good programs that doesn't happen to them very often, but, but it happens to everyone, you know, and that's just, just one of those things. As far as all the teams moving around that we were talking about earlier this year, Mm -hmm. um, was it, what, as far as what teams are doing well that were sort of looked, looked left on like people, teams that weren't so pretty seven months ago when all these schools were hopping conferences and stuff like how are how are the teams that weren't really appealing appealing back then doing well all right the probably obviously the biggest surprise of the year has been KU okay but TCU also last year did uh, I don't remember exactly how many games they won but TCU did not qualify for a bowl game last year so they didn't win six games and now they're off to a five and0 start. You know, they, so they've shown surprising strength, you know, and in that, in those five wins, they, they had a big win over Oklahoma. Of course, now then 
what Texas did to Oklahoma the very next week may have made TCU's win against Oklahoma not look quite as good. But, but yeah, I, and so you know those those are the probably the two most surprising teams in the Big Twelve. You know, West Virginia, their record is not. Well, their record's not bad, but their record's not great so far, but they have looked really strong against some good teams, and, and they didn't look very good last year either, so they've shown marked improvement this year. Um, another one that is surprising, not that they've looked good because they haven't, uh, but but they've won the last couple of weeks, and they find themselves, because of the 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 way things have fallen out in their conference, or in their division within their conference, Nebraska is actually sitting a whole lot better than anybody would have ever thought they would be at this time. You know, Nebraska is is tied for first in their division in the big in the Big Ten. You know, so yeah. that, that some of that is circumstance, but you know that that's a surprising thing as well. UCLA is undefeated. I don't think anybody saw that you know, that they would be, that they would be undefeated this far in. Uh, here's a great statistic that I heard this morning. This weekend, there will be three matchups between teams that are five and O or better. And that is only the second time in college football history that that's happened. Okay. I know that seems weird, <laughs> but the last time it happened was in 93, I believe. It was in the early 90s anyway, okay? And yeah, that's so uh, this this late in the season, it's pretty rare to have three matchups of unbeaten teams, three different games where both teams are undefeated. Because, uh, you know, usually in college football, that, that attrition – you teams start losing games at rapid rates that and those games against undefeated opponents then sometimes those happen more in like conference championship games and things like that too but but yeah it's i i was surprised to hear that statistic but but it, apparently it is true i mean they broke it down exactly who those teams were in 93 as well i believe mm -hmm. it was so yeah interesting statistic College football, you know, it's uh, it's being talked about. I'm glad it's my state that people are talking about this year. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and we've we've been talking about KU so far, but K State's looked really strong, and they got a big win this last week. Now it was a close win; they beat Iowa State ten nine. Um, you know, the game was probably closer than people expected it to be. But here's the thing. Okay, as good as K-State has looked against Oklahoma in the last few years, they've looked that bad against Iowa State in the last few years. Iowa State has had K-State's number the last several years. And uh, this was, you know, was a big win to go in there to Ames and beat Iowa State in Ames. Uh, you know, for Coach Kleeman especially, it was a big win because he's an Iowa kid. He grew up in Iowa. And so, you know, it was – you could tell after the game he was pretty emotional. It was a particularly big win for him. But, but yeah, it's – you know, it, it's it's been a, been a good season so far for, for Kansas college football. That's for sure. K-State and KU have both been looking been looking pretty good. And, you know, Texas Tech has looked good, and that's another – you know, another school close to this area. As a matter of fact, Texas Tech is closer to Elkhart than K-State or KU, either one, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there are Tech fans in this area, and they've looked pretty good. Uh, K-State did beat Tech. Um, that was a heck of a game, you know. But, yeah, it's it, it's been an exciting college football season so far. And, uh, hey, speaking of high school football in the area, here, here's a couple of things I want to throw out for you. And I'm not going to go through all of the rankings right now, but I do want to point out a couple of highlights. First of all, in Kansas, in Class 5A, Hayes is ranked number three in Class 5A. Uh, they are 5-1, and one, um, and they have looked really good the last couple of weeks especially. And 
in eight man division one, Leota is six and zero and ranked number one in the state. And Friday, they knocked off Meade, the defending state champion, ended a 40-game winning streak for Meade, uh, who, who has fallen out of the rankings after that. And so Leota, you know, is Leota's looking really strong this year. And so, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on them the next three weeks and see how they're doing. Um and really, those are the those are the ones that are kind of out here in the in the leagues that we cover in Kansas, um, in Oklahoma in Class B, which is eight man. It would be the same as eight man Division One in Kansas, to be honest with you. There are two teams from out here in, in our part of the state that are ranked, and that is Laverne is ranked number three, and Balco Forgan is ranked number five in uh class b and looking through the rankings in texas the only uh the only texas panhandle school i saw and i was just kind of glancing through them because texas we've still got a little more of the year to go so i figured we might get to them yet next week but right the only the only texas school texas panhandle school that i really saw glancing through is Stratford is ranked number six in the state in two a division one, I believe. Um, here, let me double check that. I'm, I'm pulling it up at the moment on. Yeah, it is. It's two a division one Stratford Elks are, uh, ranked ranked number six. And they're six and zero. Oh. Last week they beat Farwell forty to seven. This week they face Panhandle. Nice. So, I thought I was. I was, I was uh, talking to my uh, guitar player this weekend. He's from mm-hmm. Sublette. He was just like, "It's so crazy that you can get a four year degree in Goodwill, Oklahoma. <laughs> like that's that. That I mean." Gotta be the smallest, most boring town on the planet, you know. Hey, you get you can get a four four year degree in Haviland, Kansas. Haviland, Kansas. Yes. Really. Yes. <laughs> Barclay College used to be Friends Bible College. They changed their name to Barclay College. Is it Is still it like in- a Christian based college? Oh yeah, yeah. It's still a. Uh, I'm relatively sure still supported by the Friends Church, okay. but yeah, it's uh yeah there in Haviland and yeah. I mean you can you can get a four year degree in Haviland, Kansas. So, and Haviland's smaller than Goodwill, you know. Wow. Although it's hard to be smaller than Goodwill, Haviland yeah. does qualify. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I remember about Goodwill is when you drive through there, it's about. 40 cops just sitting there by each other <laughs> by the signs right there, like where the crossing is. Yeah. There's yeah, so I many know. highway patrol officers right there. I go very, very much the speed of when I drive. Boy, and they claim, they claim about a three mile long city limits along 54 there too. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. try to slow you down through there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a speed trap at all. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> All right, so Derek, we were talking a little bit about your trip. So here's a question for you. You you also stayed and laid down some new drum tracks, right? Yeah, man. We so sure how did that did. go? Tell us about that. It was really good. So our first CD we recorded like 10 years ago, we went to a studio and he, the guy recorded our drums, but the only mics we ended up using were the room mics. I mean, the overheads. Mm-hmm. Everything else, every mic uh, was just replaced with a trigger. Right. Um, and 10 years ago, that seemed to be the way to do things as far as like, and maybe our band is 10 or 20 years behind the curve, but it seemed like that. And it was the easiest thing to do because we, we didn't have the guy didn't have good enough mics really to record his kit and we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but out of all the people that have, uh, given us like input about our first CD, 
they all said that they thought it was they didn't like how the drums were triggered essentially fake mm-hmm. drums like he played right. them but the sounds were fake right so we wanted to record this album like naturally so we didn't have to listen to that crap anymore so people just shut up but uh, no it worked out really well we found a studio in Hutchison it's a it's a guy that used to live in Garden City um he's he's from Ulysses he's in his uh, uh 60s now but uh, he he's like a gunslinger. He's been playing guitar and singing all over Western Kansas. He lives in uh, Hutchinson now. Still gigs. Um, probably the best guitar player I've ever jammed with. Um, just amazing guitar player. But uh, he he has all this gear at his house, and and uh, you know he he's in like three or four bands and stuff. But uh, he he uh, was he was so nice and let us come in there. And it took about four hours to get the get everything working and getting it sound getting recording like clean sounds and stuff which is so boring yeah. <laughs> you know uh-huh. just sitting there like sound checking a drum set and yeah of course my brother had never worked on the equipment and then walt the guy who uh, <laughs> recorded us he hasn't been in his studio to record in his own personal studio to record for like six months so there was a little bit of a learning curve for both of them but they they uh they uh they Turned out some really good stuff. My brother has mixed two songs already. Not anything else, just the drums. He's gone in there and, um, you know, edited those, and they sound really great. So, yeah, I'm really excited to put something out again. Yep. Well, that's great. When's your record coming out? Uh, uh, you know, just I think probably the 30th of February. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any recordings of your music? Uh, yeah, there probably are. I don't have any. <laughs> oh, you don't have any. You, you, no. you, you left it all in the past. <laughs> yeah. There, there probably are some somewhere. I mean, well, there were, who knows there if were. they still exist or not, but, <laughs> but no. <laughs> were not. you recording natural drum sounds back then? Oh, or of was course. That tri- yeah. Okay. So there was no triggers or anything back then. No, no. Well, I mean, all right, listen, basically you could record i mean you could use a drum machine you know but oh yeah but hell you would have just got nobody you know what i'm saying you would have gotten laughed out right (laughs) you would have gotten crucified if you'd used a drum machine you know and so no there but triggers and no uh basically you you mic the drums and you you recorded them naturally and you know it was always kind of up to to the sound engineer how you mic'd them you know yeah um you know there it it sounds weird but there are a lot of different ways to mic you know your drums depending on what exactly what sound you're wanting to get out of them you know yeah i mean and and where you put the drum set and where you put the mics and how far the mics are away and i mean are you trying to get that you know kind of semi echo effect and you know mm-hmm. i mean there's so there's there's a lot of things you can do with the mics on drums to get different sounds and i think that's the that's the main difference between like recording 35 years ago and now is that you know it was all analog then there was yeah. you know you didn't have any I mean, digital stuff was just first starting to exist, but nobody was really using it much except for, you know, some of your high tech, you know, your really state of the art studios might've been using it. And, and some of your, you know, ones that were looking for more of a pop sound, but if, if you were recording any kind of, you know, I mean, at that time, rock was meant to sound live and in the studio, you wanted it to sound live. You didn't want it to sound produced. And so, you know, those were the great producers was they were the guys that could get a produced sound and still make it sound, you know, plausibly live, you know? Yeah. Uh, But so, but yeah, I mean, so no, there was not a much of that stuff going on. I mean, everything was, was done pretty much. Everything was mic naturally or run, you know, it was all pretty, you know, it was all analog for the most part and it was all done pretty naturally. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, Cause like, you know, now, well, let me ask you this. Did you guys, when you recorded your drums, did anybody else record an instrument at the same time or did your drummer play no. a click or yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. No, nobody else was. Yeah. Nobody else was playing at the the time of the drums. The drums were, were recorded more or less to a click track. Yeah. And and it's memorized. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) My, my, we did like a four song demo way back in the day. I'm talking about 2001 uh and we didn't use a click. We drove to Oklahoma city and record uh, the guitar player from Hender. He quit Hender. Actually, he, he quit this year. Uh And now he's actually, I can't talk about that. I'll tell you off the air, but, um, but, uh, he, uh, we went to his studio. We didn't play to a click and the guy from uh, Guyman at the time, I think he lives in like Chicago now or something, but our old drummer, he was a beast. He went up there and recorded five songs with no click from memory and didn't, it sounded fine. Best right for the win. I'm Ashley McClure with IVP Benefits Consulting Group. We want to help you or your company find the best health, dental, and vision insurance rates available without sacrificing any benefits. Call us at 620-904-7010 to find your winning rate. This episode is sponsored by Big Fish Bail Bonds. Big Fish Bail Bonds is your first choice in bondsmen. We are located three blocks away from the Sedgwick County Jail in Wichita, Kansas. We accept all major credit cards and we accept payment plans on big bonds with no collateral in some cases. Find us at bigfishbailbonds.us or give us a call at 316-262-4100. Big Fish Bail Bonds. Big or small, we release them all. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win. Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details like I could never do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was just like, whoa. Yeah. But now, you know, it's so much easier. You know, you have your click. And but uh-huh. see, this is the thing. The reason I was asking is we got reviewed by this uh, radio DJ in Garden City. Mm-hmm. And he basically said that our record lacked any life because it was a grid recording. Uh-huh. But if any, I, no. but I've, I don't know of any people that don't record to a click. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you one, one time that we recorded and and this was just how the 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 guy in the studio had us do it we went in as a band and we played it live just you know just came in and just played it live and recorded it and then you used that as your soundtrack to build on and so then when the drums played he was listening to the rest of the band they isolated out the drum tracks and he was listening to the rest of the band play it live as he played. And then when, when we got ready for the guitar, they added the freshly recorded drum tracks in, pulled out the guitar tracks, laid in the, the, the live tracks. And then that's what the guitarist played to. And so each person played by themselves, which is a grid recording, what you're talking about, but it was a grid recording with a live, you know, when you're hearing live music in your ears. So that was, was a little different, you know, and actually kind of nice in some ways, as long as, as long as you didn't suck too bad, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's always the danger you know is is that your first your first time through is so horrible that you can't get much out of it (laughs) i found uh, i'll send it to you i found it was the only time i've ever been to like a professional studio i was like 19 maybe and Mm -hmm. i was singing for this weezer tribute band called wannabeezer and it was all these guys who were rich and that music was just a hobby for them like that one of them had like an mba the other one was like a big time programmer the other one worked for GlaxoSmithKline. Like he was like in the pharmaceutical, like rich guys. 
and uh so they were we had a recorded demo we went to this professional studio in north carolina and i my buddy mark uh found the the mp3 that i sent him in 2005 uh it's but even then like I, i'll send it to you it's it even then like you can just tell that was recorded on pro tools in like 2004 2005 yeah and it sounds better than some of the crap that you know we recorded five years ago you know it's just, mm-hmm. it's just the difference between a professional studio you know like yeah it, Sounded yeah, great, it, does, you know? it does make a huge difference. And it especially did in those days, you know, I mean, now, you know, you can get pretty good recordings, you know, and, and you've got all types of ways to digitally manipulate them and all mm. that, you know, but yeah, it used to be, you, you had to get those sounds kind of naturally, you know, <laughs> you didn't yeah. have all the ways to manipulate them digitally and everything, you know, um, well, speaking of music, uh, Tom DeLong has rejoined Blink-182, and their their tour is pretty much selling out. It's been selling out all day oh, yeah. all over the country, yeah. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, that, so Blink-182, they got popular when I was in high school, and uh-huh. they're probably most famous. They're kind of like our band. Like People go see Blink-182 because they like the songs, they like singing along, but I think really... Mm-hmm. You're just there to watch the Kobe Bryant of drums, Travis Barker, beat the hell out of the skins for an hour and a half. You know, I mean, yeah, you're going to see Blink-182, but I think most people are there because they want to see like a freak of nature just, you know, because Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus, the bass player and guitar player, they've been quoted saying, Travis is an amazing musician and we can barely play our instruments. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but, and that's kind of how our band, our drummer's really good. The rest of us, we're, we, we get by, but most people yeah. just watch him when we play live. But um, yeah, I, I think it's hey, cool. Uh, he left Blink-182. A lot of people called him, it's like a Dave Chappelle type thing. A lot of people called him crazy for leaving Blink-182. But he actually got a little, a little too into Aliens um, whenever he got all of his money. Uh-huh. And uh, I'd have to read it from his Wikipedia, but essentially he ended up getting like pretty high clearance in the government. He's actually helped. He's, he's actually one of the main reasons that in the last few years, the government's admitting that there's stuff that we don't know what it is like UFOs and stuff. Um, he was sort of, he quit Blink-182 to sort of try to push the government along to be like, Hey, people aren't going to freak out. You can just tell them like, yeah, we don't know what this this craft was, and he was right. I remember when COVID hit, and the government the and news came out and said, "Yeah, there's a here's a UFO. We don't know what it is." Nobody cared. Yeah, nobody gave a crap. Dude, everybody just yeah. said, "Oh, that's cool." Like, yeah, Tom DeLonge was right. He was like, "Just tell the American <laughs> public there's aliens, and it's no big yep. deal. Nobody's gonna freak out. Nobody's gonna run." You know. As a matter of fact, to me, you create more of a freak out by not telling things. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, he's, and they had a, a great band. You probably don't know who most of these bands are, but there's a great band called Alkaline Trio. Um, their lead singer joined Blink-182 for the years that Tom was gone. Right. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to go. My friend um, in Garden City, she, she was, it was an hour long process this morning and she finds, she booked a ticket for her and her uh, husband, 900 bucks. Wow. Holy cow. And then a we, punk rock band. Yeah. And then we wonder why people don't go out and see live music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Our show was free, Norm. There was plenty yeah, of room I, left in the building when we played. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I'm happy for, you know, I'm happy for yeah. bands like that. Though. I mean, any bit, because like, yeah, sorry, any bit like Metallica, Blink 182. Um, there's more but you know bands that sort of got popular when they were young Mm -hmm. got over that whole sophomore album crap and then not only continue to put records out but stay relevant for 25 30 years you know that is very hard to do it is it absolutely is yeah and i i'm glad you mentioned the sophomore album because yeah (laughs) you know most people i i I don't think understand why that second album is so hard, you know? Yeah. And the reason why the second album is so tough is because the songs that are on the first album for most bands, they have been developed and perfected over years. 
you know, uh, uh, over years of playing, you know, little bars that nobody ever heard of. They weren't written over, you know, they weren't written in a, in a two week period. They were written over a period of years, you know, uh, and, and they've been perfected while the band was, you know, coming up and before they got signed and, and, and usually they go into, uh, the studio for that first album and they've got a lot of material that they've developed over and, and perfected over a long period of time. And then you go out and you tour in support of that album and, and write you're your out next on, record and your 30 minute sound checks yeah, every day. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Or some bands, the crazy ones, they wait until they're in the studio to start writing the second album, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's the thing, you know, that first album, that's material that has been developed over years. And then yeah. that second album, man, you get in a rush and you just, yeah. And that's why so many bands, their second album is just, is often a disappointment, you know? A great example of that, um, there's a band called Mudvayne, which I'm not even a metal guy at all. But I mean, right. when I was like 18, I liked metal. Or at least I pretended mm-hmm. to, to to impress the older people. But there was a band <laughs> called Mudvayne. They put out an album called LD50. And in my opinion, it's probably one of the most like, I mean, there's a bunch of math metal out there that's over that goes over your head and stuff. But I mean, as far as just like all around great songs, great sound, great everything mudvane's ld50 is a great record like hands down my buddy you know he would he would i would talk about mudvane and they paint their faces and he giggled he's like i would never listen to that band and i was like watch and we were we were driving around in raleigh about 20 years ago and i put ld50 on and just the bass player alone blew his mind you know the drummer the same thing bass player and drummer the guitarist kind of sucks singer's great but they they wrote this album in like an eight or nine year period before they got signed, like you're saying, put it out, blew everybody's heads off, and then their second album, horrible. And I never understood why until exactly what you just explained. They kind of were they were like, our first album we wrote in nine years, our second album we wrote in three months in a studio. Yeah, of course it sucked. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it Absolutely. was awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly right. That happens to so many bands, and so yeah, that there you're right. A lot of it is being able to survive that survive that second album. <laughs> if you can do that without losing your recording contracting you're you may be all right you know has there been any bands that you've stayed with lifetime because like i have a lot like weezer you they're my favorite i would have died for weezer in high school now i just heard an interview they they put out four records this year for one for each of the seasons i'm not gonna listen to that not because i'm a hater i just i that doesn't sound appealing i don't i don't want to hear weezer making their 15th record i mean some things just should have died in the 90s you know like is there any bands that you feel like you've continued with forever and even though i I don't disrespect weezer but i don't like them the way i used to i mean do you have a way that you still respect on that level you did you know i i'll be honest with you I, i don't think so i mean there are a lot of bands that i still listen to that i've listened to for 40 years or 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 more but i'm still listening to their old stuff i'm not listening to their new stuff you know Uh, i mean uh you know and and some of them are still turning out some new stuff occasionally but i can't say that i've really listened to it a whole lot you know right Uh, so most of the bands that i grew up listening to bands from the 70s and 80s i am for the most part still listening to the music they made in the 70s and 80s maybe some music they made in the 90s you know but but for the most part still listening to the music they made in the 70s and 80s and the newer music that i'm listening to is from newer bands it's not from you know those same bands that that were around in the 70s and 80s for the most part um i and and i'm sure there's probably a couple of exceptions to that but i can't really think of any off the top of my head you know um rush you know i i i listened to some of their stuff in the 70s and 80s and maybe into the 90s i don't think they released a relevant album to me after 2000 uh at least if they did i can't think of one off the top of my head you know um and I just, I can't think of many bands that were recording in the seventies and eighties that did, you know, um, 
I'm sure I'm probably overlooking someone, but, but off the top of my head, I certainly can't think of any, you know? Um, so yeah, well, I, let me I, ask you this, man. Like, cause this is something I didn't want to do. And I think it happened. I really think I avoided it, but maybe, I don't know. So one thing I noticed around age 16 is that, especially with dudes, not really chicks, but dudes, they, when you're 16, you're so impressionable. And a lot of that music you were just talking about, the music you say you still listen to, you probably mm-hmm. found it when you were like 16 to 20 years old, um, yeah. when you were very impressionable. Um, but I, I never wanted to become that old guy. And it happens early. I'm talking like 28, 29. Mm-hmm. You become that old guy where you're just like, music ain't as good as it was eight years ago. <laughs> it's like, of course, that's not true because every year, another 16 year old is born and they're impressed by whatever came out. Did you have a curmudgeon period? Did you have a period where you're just like, are are you still a curmudgeon musically? I I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, I I think that there's a lot of great music being made just, but just because there's great music being made, it may not be accessible to me. You know, I was much more, I followed music much more when I was younger than I do now. So it's not like I I think, oh, music today sucks. It's just a lot of music today that is probably really good music. I'm not very aware of, you know? Yeah. And and I think it's that more than, than me saying, oh, music today sucks. I think it's much more me, just me not being plugged into those sources like I was when I was younger, you know? And so, you know, chances are by the time I hear a band, they're already 10 or 15 years old, you know? So, and that's not always true, but it kind of is, you know? And not only that, but music, the way music is marketed and the way music is put out there has changed so much, you know? Um, and so if I run across some new music, chances are I've run across it on YouTube or, Mm -hmm. you know, been introduced to it on some kind of social media or something like that. You know, like, uh, I, I kind of got to listening to Larkin Poe here a couple of years ago during, during the kind of the COVID shutdown, you know, they were doing some, some, uh, very creative covers of, of older bands music, you know, and posting them on social media. And I mean, they were, they were like everybody else, they were locked down. And so they were doing them from their home and just, you know, posting videos. And, and and there were several groups that were doing that, you know, but, but yeah, they were one that I got started listening to. And that was a relatively new band, you know, Samantha fish, kind of the same thing. I kind of, it was actually a little bit before COVID that I, I kind of somehow stumbled across her on, on YouTube. YouTube or something like that and and started listening to some of her stuff and you know so so there are some of those that I I just kind of stumbled across a little bit but but yeah I don't it's not like I'm uh you know when I was in when I was it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 16, 17, 18, clear, you know, on into my twenties, I I could tell you, you know, just about every band that was out there and, you know, what their albums were and who the members were and, you know, how, how different bands related to each other, you know, and uh, yeah. And I don't know any of that stuff anymore, you know, and I'm especially lost when it comes to rap and when it comes to pop music, you know, it, 
I, you read about rap stars in the headlines. Unfortunately, it's usually because one of them's gotten killed, you know, or something yeah. like that. And, and every time I read it, I'm like, who is that? I've never even heard oh. of them. You know, uh, they, they had that, I think it happened down in Houston or somewhere they had, you know, people got trampled at the, at the, at a yeah. concert. And I couldn't even tell you the guy's name anymore, but you know, they announced it and I'm thinking, this guy has a concert big enough that people are getting trampled at it. And I have literally never heard his name before, you mm. know, and, and, and pops pops stars. It's the same way. I've never heard of them, you yeah. know, and, and that's probably kind of sad, but I realize part of it's because of my age and part of it is because of the way music's marketed today, which is completely different. You know, when I was younger, basically the way bands got known and got a following was they went out there and they toured and toured and toured and toured, you know, and that was the way you, that was the way you got, got known. That was the way, you know, it, it was, it was so much of it was word of mouth and, you know, you didn't have social media and things to promote and, and you know, and so the way you sold albums and the way you hopefully maybe got some, some airtime and maybe you survived by selling some merch, you know, but mm -hmm. you, you, you went out there and you just toured and toured and toured, you know, I mean, bands in those days, they'd go out on tour and they'd be out on tour for, you know, two years or more, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and, in you know, now you see somebody that they'll have a U.S. tour and they'll play 11 dates over, you know, and they'll take three months to do it, you know. Hey, Trevino plays a show every three months, man. That's yeah. how we tour. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it used to be bands would go out on tour and, yeah, they'd, they'd go out on tour for a year and they'd play 260 270 dates you know in that yeah. in that year that they were out on tour or more you know i mean they're yeah it was tour schedules used to be insane see i i went through a really sad period i think it lasted a long time i'm thinking maybe five could be 10 years where it was almost like covid like i lost my i lost ta lost my taste for music like uh -huh. Nothing gave me that high that I got when I was younger and I would listen to a song and just connect with it and, you know, get emotional. I mean, every once in a while, maybe like twice a year, I would listen to like a Ben Folds song or something like that that would really connect with me. But for the most part, um, it was I think it was just overload. Like it was just there. I was I was on a bad diet of just horrible music for so long, just like, you know, just really easy, cheesy stuff. And I got to where, like, I just can't enjoy any kind of music anymore. And then when Antonio Carrillo died, I decided to go swimming and put on uh, the, the the Spanish station on the radio. And, like, I'm half Mexican, which is a travesty. that I've never listened to Mexican music in my life. I'm 39 mm -hmm. years old. Right. But uh, I ended up doing some research, and uh, I, I've been listening to some like mexican bands from around like the 80s like 85 to 89 and uh it i feel 16 again like i don't know what the hell they're saying but it's just i just <laughs> love the music so it's been so fun like so i'm friends with like fernando escalera and rolando espinosa so right. i'll listen to a song over and over again at work while i'm spraying and then I'll send a screenshot of the song to Fernando or Rolando. And I'll be like, listen to this song and tell me what the hell this guy's saying. And it's <laughs> so fun because like, and Fernando's the best because he's very, he's very poetic when he talks anyway. <laughs> but he'll, I asked him today and he, it's, but yeah, it's been, it's like a, it's reconnecting with music. And I think I love the fact that I have no idea what they're saying. Like, uh -huh. Um, Cause when he told me what the song was about, I had no idea, you know, I thought it was no idea what it was about, you know, but uh, yeah, that was just sort of uh, my yeah. thing with music lately. Like it's just really been fun to hear music that excites me again. Well, and what kind of music are you listening to? Cause I was going to say, if you're listening to, to some of those Corrido bands, yeah, the you, the, the songs are not about what you would expect them to be sometimes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I, I, this band I like, it's called like Los Bucas or something. Uh-huh. So good. They have an album. Um, where is it at? They have an album that came out in like 87. I got the picture right here. I'll put it on the screen. Okay. But uh, yeah, you should. What do you listen to music on? Or do you do that? Me? Yeah. Anymore, I just listen on my phone. But I mean, what app? Oh, it, usually iTunes, but I, oh, okay. I there are several apps that I use. I mean, okay, but but the one I use most is probably just iTunes. Yeah, or, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, if you use Spotify, you don't have to pay for the songs. Um, gotcha. But uh, let me show you this. So I sent this to three people today. I'm I'm waiting to hear back what they think about it. But this is an album from like 1987, and uh, front to back great songs man like mm-hmm. uh and i think i had made a post a few weeks ago asking like people for suggestions and like several people um suggested this band and that's the name of the album there but uh uh-huh. really good music man like uh the first track is great and the, every song on there is really good but yeah man like it, it's been pretty cool listening to it and uh, I'll have to admit, I've listened to like four or five groups, but I've been pretty much stuck on that album for about yep. five days now, just over and over again. I think it's really good. Yep. That's great. That's great to, uh, you know, catch on to something that, that gives you some excitement about music again. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of that, you uh, said you've talked to Leo Carrillo and that uh, yeah, we might be able to get him on the show sometime yeah i told him whenever he's feeling better you know obviously to give us a call but he's really wanting to come on he said um because i initially asked him because i learned something about him today i initially asked him if he wanted to be a guest on elkhart tapes and he was kind of like yeah that would be cool but i'd rather talk about being a coach with norm he's like so i was like well let's do that then you know because he wanted to do a he wanted to do an interview but he thought that you Mm -hmm. know the free zone would be a better show because i guess he wants to talk about i guess he's a basketball coach or yeah 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 he's coaching basketball here at elkhart um you know and he he started out officiating i think before he before coaching and so you know to me that would be an interesting perspective too so yeah yeah, and he, he he can talk about he's he's also a coach and also a parent, you know. So yep. he had that's that dynamic, you know. I absolutely that's a that's a that's a dynamic, you know. When you're when you're a teacher or a coach and you have kids going to that school, you know, you got to be like, okay, I can't treat them different, you know. I got you. <laughs> you almost got to be harder on your own kids, or people are gonna you know be like, hey, you're treating them better, you know. Yep. John Herman uh, example. <laughs> Lorna and Carl had to yeah. wrangle that dude in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that uh that'll be interesting. I, I look forward to that. It'll it'll be good to get get him on here. Um boy, I totally lost my train of thought. There was something else I was gonna talk to you about. Oh, well then uh <laughs> initially we had reported it was like forty three million dollars. The the jury's done deliberating. Oh yeah. One billion dollars. Yeah, right, right up there around a billion dollars, nine hundred some million, huh? Yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm relatively sure he doesn't have that kind of money. So, you know, I don't know what he has, but I the dude's either. been he's been broadcasting. If you ever get bored, which you probably don't very often, but if you ever get bored, go down the rabbit hole on YouTube that. uh Alex Jones is actually comedian Bill Hicks. Um, there's <laughs> okay. like a whole conspiracy <laughs> about how, and it's the weird thing about it is, is Hicks died in like 93 or four. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's true anymore, but back in the day when Alex Jones first came on the scene, like there's not very much information about his life pre 1994. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't see it. There's a bunch of pictures that say he had like, <laughs> it's not true, but that is a fun little conspiracy theory that Bill Hicks said, okay, enough of this. I'm going to turn into yeah. a, a warmonger, you know, yep. conservative guy. And, uh, but yeah. Hey, speaking of conspiracy. Yeah. Speaking of things we talked about on past shows, you remember you told me about the uh, documentary on, on Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that. It was an excellent documentary. You're right. It it really was. I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Any of you that uh, 
haven't seen it, you know, if you've got Netflix, check it out. And it is, it's definitely worth the watch, but you know who I enjoyed as much as anybody on that documentary was Randy Johnson. Yeah. You know, talking about Nolan Ryan and, and, and basically how Nolan Ryan had influenced, you know, him wanting to be a pitcher in his career and everything. And yeah. So, but yeah, that was a, was a very, I learned things about Nolan Ryan that I didn't know, you know, and I, I had been around for a pretty good chunk of his career. So, well, I mean, I, I always just knew he was, you know, a great pitcher. You know, I came along, you know, nineties watching baseball and mm -hmm. um, watching that documentary. It's like, I didn't realize he played 27 seasons. You know, I just thought yeah. he just had a yeah. regular career. Like he, oh, no. that's, he that's the most impressive part about, I mean, obviously all the no hitters is probably the most impressive thing, but yeah. just the fact that he played on a competitive level for 27 years. Yeah. Only player I can think of off the top of my head that probably played on further, you know, older as, as far as pitchers go is Satchel Page. And nobody knows for sure how old Satchel Page was because he 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 lied about his age all the time, and I don't think could ever really produce a birth certificate. So, oh wow! So you know, and Satchel Page, most of his career, of course, w was spent pitching in the Negro leagues. You know, and, and so, but yeah, he was he was one that I I think there are some people that think Satchel Page may have pitched well into his into his mid to late fifties. You know really yeah but but again nobody really knows because i don't think he had a birth certificate and he constantly you know told stories about his age so <laughs> i'm gonna have to i know what i'm reading about tonight while i'm drifting off to sleep <laughs> yeah um yeah and speaking of that it's, it's about that time guys thanks for being with us um next week uh i'm not sure yet for sure what we're going to be doing next week um sometime soon though probably we're going to have uh leo carrillo on we're looking forward to that um we've we'll have some other guests lined up oh david randall wants to come back but he says it's going to be a tough uh, thing to, to book but he wants to come back yeah okay that'll be great yeah yeah i'd love to have david back that'd be great um and, and so there's another potential future guest and you know obviously football season's going to be moving towards its conclusion here in the next few weeks and we'll be kind of covering that and uh other sports as well you know cross country oh hey by the way while i'm thinking about it shout out to coach andy brown we've had him on the show a couple of times andy brown was uh chosen as the Oklahoma State's what OSSAA I think that's the Oklahoma Secondary Schools Athletic Association he is their cross country coach of the year so uh huge huge uh shout out to coach brown there for that congratulations on on being selected as the uh cross country coach of the year down there that in Oklahoma. Is awesome man yeah it really is and and he and well deserved by the way um that that program there at Guyman has been very impressive in the last few years he's done a great job down there um so again high plains premier basketball league uh they start this weekend with uh fall two uh winter one will be forming soon so uh check out check that out and get in coach with or get in touch with coach williams uh as always in the free zone with norm is a uh production of back home media so go to back home media's webpage, check out the services they offer check out the the podcasts they offer of course the two that i always like to mention are kmu Derek wins the next kmu we did one last night so it'll be thursday next week thursday of next week that's mm -hmm. kmu kansas missing and unsolved and it's all about hopefully finding missing people and trying to get them home and solving unsolved homicides and uh and the other one of course is the parentless podcast that's done by Derek's wife stephanie and it's all about the grief of losing a parent to me it's an important podcast uh 
And, you know, Stephanie, if I remember, I kind of releases things on her own schedule. It's not necessarily a regularly scheduled thing, but uh, check out the Parentless podcast as well, and you'll find it on the Back Home Media webpage. Speaking of that, Derek, you released some uh, stuff uh, over the Suzanne Johnson uh, murder that created a little bit of a stir uh, over the last huh. few days. <laughs> Is that what we're going to call it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, I uh, so that. if you want to, we can talk about that at some point in the future. But Yeah, yeah. we can talk about that off the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thanks a lot for being with us, everybody. And, uh, you know, have, have a great week and great weekend. Get out there and uh, get out there and watch some football. And we will see you next week. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Best straight for the win. I'm Ashley McClure with IVP Benefits Consulting Group. We want to help you or your company find the best health, dental, and vision insurance rates available without sacrificing any benefits. Call us at 620-904-7010 to find your winning rate. This episode is sponsored by Big Fish Bail Bonds. Big Fish Bail Bonds is your first choice in bondsmen. We are located three blocks away from the Sedgwick County Jail in Wichita, Kansas. We accept all major credit cards and we accept payment plans on big bonds with no collateral in some cases. Find us at bigfishbailbonds.us or give us a call at 316-262-4100. Big Fish Bail Bonds. Big or small, we release them all. Well... I don't think it, I thought it, that's different. I said what I said and I meant it, or lamented. Words given weight without thought and a person, the way that I talk and the way that I ought to be able to pause and to say that the fault can be placed on my arms and this playful assault to disgrace and disarm.